All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. One hour of straight hockey talk with Dan, Rick, Tyler, and Bag Milk starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Oilers Nation Radio, episode 152. It's a big day here, busy week, lots of stuff going on. I am Bagged Milk here with Nation Dan, Tyler Remchuk, and Zachary Lang filling in for Rick. We're going to break down the week that was. Something happened today in the world of Oilers. If you're not paying attention, we'll get to it. We'll get to it in just a minute. But first, I want to thank our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant for making this all possible. Thank you, Sherwood Ford. I appreciate you. Though, again, I'm looking out at my parking spot and I do not see a Bronco there. Must be on back order. Must be on back order. Dan, you got a Bronco outside your house? No Bronco here. No Bronco sighting confirmed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Must be on back order. It's the only explanation. It's either that or they cannot find them like the 1987 Ford Escort GT. But that's just a different story entirely. Go ahead and follow Sherwood Ford on Twitter at Sherwood Ford and on Instagram at Sherwood Ford underscore the giant. Mr. Uremchuk. Welcome back to Oilers Nation Radio. Thank you. I'm happy to be back and I'm happy to be bringing a brand new short for giant question. Uh, obviously the Darnell nurse topic is going to take up a bulk of the show, but that news broke after I already came up with the short for giant question. We're not going to let and it go. And, to made waste. A graphic. and I made a graphic. So like, really we're just, we're in too deep with this giant question. Shout out to Sherwood Ford. The question is who will be the Oilers two goalies on opening night? I mean, the, the easy money choice is definitely Koskinen and Smith, but we do have Alex Stalock who is putting in work this offseason out at the beauty league. And uh, there's also the little rumor floating around from Jeff Merrick about maybe it's Anton Hudobin or someone out of Dallas. Cause they have a bit of a situation going on there as well. So that's a giant question. Who will be the Oilers two goaltenders next season? Before we get to it, what is the beauty league? 
basically an off-season group of like NHLers and pro hockey players that just like play organized games for like 10 days or whatever, however long. Is that what yeah, Connor was like- doing? Is that what Connor was doing the other day? It just looked like he was playing no. shitty with some random people. Yeah, I think he was just hanging out with some beer leaders yeah. or something. Could you imagine Could you showing imagine? up to the oh, rank? God. Showing up to the rank, you're like, all right, boys, we got eight guys tonight, and one of them is Connor McDavid. Let's go. Well, I think Connor, you have to skate here. backwards and shoot right-handed. Or you, it's your first game you've been called up to sub in for, and then they're like, oh, yeah, we also have a guy named Connor McDavid here. Go ahead. See what you got. <laughs> like, I would imagine in a situation like that, Connor would – you know, he wouldn't be Connor McDavid, but I hope he gave oh, him a couple of tastes. Absolutely. Just a couple, just yeah. to like show him where the bear shits, you know what I mean? Just a little bit. <laughs> let him know. One guy, hey, one guy checks all-star. him really. Yeah. One guy checks him really hard and he just gives him that, gives him the afterburner on a, on the yeah. next one-on-one, the next shift. Or just like unreal. some kind of greasy dangle on him that just like leaves the guy completely naked on the ice jock strap in the, in the stands. I don't know. I can see it. I hope he gave him just a little bit. Just a little bit. All right. Back to the Sherwood Ford Giant question about the Edmonton Oilers goaltending. As of today, August 6th, Friday afternoon at about 2.30, still Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. But that could change. There's about 60-some-odd days left until the season goes. Plenty of time to make some moves. Now, what will happen? Personally, I'll start it off. I think that – I think it's just going to be Smith and Miko. I think that we're going back to the, the well for a third time. Uh, I don't particularly like the idea all that much, I'm, but I'm also not completely devastated by it. However, it's it, it's a little bit of risky business by Ken Holland because you need Mike Smith to perform at the level he was at last year, and you need Miko Koskinen to not allow four goals on four shots. So risky, not the worst goaltending the Oilers have had by any means. <laughs> I mean, I remember the fast scrivens. That was, that was a tough one, you know? So this isn't the worst goaltending duo they've had. It's not the best kind of somewhere in the middle. So that's what I'm going to say. I bet the same two guys are back and they split the games relatively evenly as they have the entire time that Dave Tippett's been here. That is my bet. Final answer. Who's next? Dan, you're up. Well, you know, it could be worse. We could have the combination of Craig Anderson and Aaron Dell, or we could have the combination. Craig Anderson still plays hockey. He did sign out of retirement to sign with the Buffalo Sabres. Or (laughs) you could have the goaltending tandem of Carter Hutton and Joseph Kornar. So, yeah, you're right, Bag Milk. Not the worst goaltending tandem in the league. Uh, Last year I went in, I think, a little bit more positive than I will this year uh, just because I was more positive on Miko Koskinen than I think anybody ever should have been. Um, But, you know, I took my licks on that one. I don't trust Miko Koskinen this year. I think that for this team to be successful, we're going to end up making a goaltending trade at some point. Um, I hope it's before the season, but I, I'm kind of with bag milk in that. I think it's going to start this year with Mike Smith and, and Miko in net. And once Ken Holland finds out that that gamble didn't work out, he's going to have to do some work to bring in a goalie to back that up. Zach, you're up. Uh, I'm going to go with the Hudobin angle. I, I think, I mean, I guess this is me being a little pessimistic here. I'd like to see them bring an ad on Hudobin. Do I realistically think it's going to happen? Probably not. I mean, the others have to get rid of Miko Koskinen somehow, and they don't have a lot of cap space. And they don't really have a lot of assets to do that anymore. So I don't really think the options are are there for the Oilers. And I think that they maybe sat on their hands a little bit too much through this whole process. You know, you look at the way the Gary, uh, the, the Gary carousel, the goalie carousel, rather. Um, we need more know, Gary's, though, to be honest. Uh-huh. You can never have enough Gary's. Um, 
you know, the way the carousel spun, Edmonton didn't even really seem to get very far into it. Like, of course, we had the the conversations with uh, with Darcy Kemper, and you know, there was a discrepancy in the offers there, and Edmonton couldn't get it done. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it was a tough spot for the team to be in, and and I think they should have put more focus on on making the goaltending situation more of a priority. You know, will will Koskinen be solid? I, I expect him to if he's the starter next year or the one a or the one B, however you want to do it. But I don't think that Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith is your two goaltenders are a recipe for success with the defense that you got right now. Looking at, so you wrote about it earlier in the week on OilersNation.com, and just to uh, transcribe from the 30, 31, 32 thoughts podcast with Merrick and Friedman, Jeff Merrick says, as of right now, they're going back with Koskinen and Smith. Friedman responds, I got to think that's going to change. So maybe, Merrick goes back. There were talks with Buffalo. Yes. With Koskinen and then the Kemper deal to Colorado, blah, blah, blah. But I would not be surprised if come opening night, it's Anton Kudobin starting netminder from the Edmonton Oilers. So that's Jeff Merrick. And Friedman responds with, yeah, I think that's a fair one, I guess. I agree with you. I think Dallas is going to move a goalie. So it's possible. It's doable. Dallas is collecting goalies. But they, but this is the weird thing too, because it's not like they can take back Koskinen, right? Because they yeah. already have Ben Bishop yep. and they signed Braden Holtby, so it has to be some kind of like three-way deal, or or Holland has to be able to move Koskinen while knowing that he has a deal in place for Hudobin, right? And if one thing falls apart, then you know they're left without a dance partner. Yeah, like it, it would have to be a three-way deal between Edmonton, Dallas, then one of Arizona or Buffalo. And also, shout out to Pistol Pete, because Koskinen has a 15-team no-trade list. So <laughs> That's right. If Miko Koskinen doesn't want to go to Arizona or Buffalo, I mean, it's kind of in his control to not go to Arizona or Buffalo, right? Um, so that that's an interesting wrinkle to all this as well. And that's kind of why I don't think they're going to acquire a goalie. I mean, Hudobin as well has two years left, right? So you'd be basically committing to a Hudobin Smith combo for the next two seasons. If you were to go down that route, and I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, there's a part of me that does just think, you know, take the easy answer. It's Smith and it's Koskinen. And I've always been more of a Koskinen supporter than hater. When you look at kind of the spectrum of how Oilers fans view the massive finish backstopper. But I, I think maybe we're not giving enough love to Alex Stalock in this situation. And I understand that he hasn't played a ton of hockey, but the last time he was between the pipes and active, he was pretty good for the Minnesota wild. Yes. He's 34 years old. He only has like That's whatever. young on this team, baby. Yeah. And he, you know, he only has whatever it is like 150 career games under his belt as well. But this guy's clearly motivated. We're seeing the highlights of him. He had a 267 goals against Everton and nine ten save percentage in 2019, 20 with Minnesota. I don't think it's like a totally out of left field idea for Alex Stalock to come in and, and steal this job, especially because we kind of know now they don't like Miko Koskinen. And Ken Holland said like when Ken, when Ken Holland comes out and goes, if I wanted to be in on the goalie market, I would have had to trade a goalie. He's not talking about trading Mike Smith. No, he just signed him. So, and, and what does that say to Miko Koskinen too? Like what kind of a message does that send to your, to your goaltender? Right. Like, yeah. I don't think it sends a very good message, right? Obviously, the Oilers clearly don't value him very much for what he is right now. And, and that's going to be a hard spot for Miko to be in too. So maybe who knows? He says, well, if you can trade me to Buffalo or Arizona, then trade me. Uh, Cause clearly they might value me more than, than you guys do right and now. He is in a contract year and not that I necessarily think Miko Koskinen is, you know, going to get another NHL contract. I have a funny feeling he's going back to the KHL after this season, but he could be sitting there as well. Like you said, Zach and going, 
you know, I probably don't want to play in Buffalo or Arizona. They're going to be the two worst teams in the NHL in all likelihood, but he could be sitting there. And if the Oilers say, we're sending you to Bakersfield to play behind Konovalov or Skinner, Koskinen might just sit there and go, you know, what's better than playing 25 games in the American league, playing all 50 for the Buffalo Sabres and getting my reps. In, yep. Right. Yep. And also if they did the, if they were able to land something for Koskinen, again, I would imagine they'd have to retain the salary because who's taking the full rip on that thing, but uh, it would make for a cheaper, you know, goaltending duo. If it was Staylock, it'll be interesting to yep. see, you know, Staylock wants a job. It's not like he's just going to be like, I don't want to play in this league anymore. So well, of course. And, and it's, it's it, the way I look at it too. Like, I think a guy like Konovalov can actually challenge for NHL minutes this year. I really think he can. Like I, I, I keep looking back at Igor Shosturkin and Elias Sorokin, uh, both young goaltenders in the KHL who came over to North America. They were playing in NHL minutes in short order. Shosturkin went to the American League. He played half the season there, posted like a 932 save percentage and basically forced the Rangers to call him up. So maybe maybe that's a situation we run into with the Oilers here where all of a sudden Konovalov goes to the American League, starts the year red hot. Then you can dump a guy like Koskinen on whoever team and call Konovalov and then you go uh, with him and him and Smith. You know, and, I think there's a lot of options. And talking about Konoval- Konovalov or Konovalov? I'm going to Elite Prospects right now to find yep. out the answer. Yeah, you got We're going to have to press the play button on that but, one. Okay, first off, 23 years old. And I know he's undersized. He's only listed at 5'11". I was going to say. 5'11", uh, small for a goalie these yeah. days. But, like, this guy has now been playing. He has basically three full seasons in the KHL under his belt. He's been playing in, you know, what is arguably the second or third best league in the world. 229 goals against average, 923 save percentage last year. Like, those are legit numbers. And I like that point, Zach. You brought up the comparison to, like, Shesterkin and uh, I forget the name out in Long Island. Um, Sorokin. Sorokin. Those guys didn't mess around when they came over to North America. Like you would but, think, what, what are you going to say? He did only play 19 games last year. Yeah, but team. you got to, so this is something two people keep bringing up to me. Oh, well, Eddie Pascal ended up beating out Konovalov for minutes in the KHL. Well, at that point, they already knew that he was going to be leaving for North America. So I think that's why they got Pascal playing more, get him more reps. Cause he's going to be their guy in the future. Right. Like, you know, Pascal, Pascal just seemed like to me, at least looking from the outside in, obviously I'm not a locomotive Yaroslav fan. How dare you? I know, but uh, not since they fired Craig McTavish in the preseason. Thank you very much. Dare they. Um, <laughs> but uh, was that a different team, Tyler? No, that was the same team. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah. So it just looks like Pascal had good numbers and that's maybe, you know, maybe he lost a goaltending battle. Like it's the way it goes sometimes, but, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. He, I think he has to force our hands in Bakersfield before we make that move. And what about a name? What about a different name? Nobody's talking about. You guys know who it is? Stuart Skinner. Steph LeBay. <laughs> right. I well. mean, why not? Lock Smaller around. nets in hockey, man. Right. Her composure in those penalty shots. Like if she was, was doing amazing. that, if she was doing a shootout in, in hockey, she'd be at the blue line, staring them down, <laughs> smiling at them with her helmet off, like gloves and pads on the ground. She's just mocking them, openly taunting them. Like would so you love good. to know what she was saying to the Swedish players right before she went back to the goal line. Oh yeah. Oh like man. The, the swagger and the confidence to do that, like to do that in any sort of like athletic situation, but like 
gold medal penalty kicks at the <laughs> Olympics. And you're like, Oh yeah. Like I'm confident enough in myself that I'm going to stare them down and like be chirping. It's unreal. Well, unreal. What was, what was awesome too, is like this one Swedish player actually scored on her after she did that. And then she just kept doing it. Like she didn't like deter her <laughs> from like getting one back hit, in their not face. One iota. Right? Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah, that respect. I'm just throwing it out there. Outside option. You know, if we're going to get creative, maybe save a little money between the pipes. Hey, Steph, Steph LeBay, gold medalist. Why not? Right? Right. right. It's going to be interesting to see though, for like, for real, for real, like goaltending can sink you or push you forward. We talked about it plenty of times in this podcast. Montreal Canadiens made the Stanley Cup finals because Carey Price stood on his head. That's not, that's not to discount what the rest of the team did, but let's be honest. If Price doesn't do what Price did, they're not making the Stanley Cup final. So it's going to be an interesting question, well, you know, because you're you're banking on it. Like I said, it's risky business here because we're banking on Mike Smith to come back and perform the same way he did. And he can. Uh, but we also need it's, it's, it's also a different season. There's no more three game sets in cities. There's a lot more travel. It's back to the usual shtick. So no Ottawa. Now, now here's a name to throw out there. There is one uh, goaltender still on the market who I could potentially see the Oilers signing Devin Dubnik. He's Ooh, still yeah. looking for a job. Oh no. Would Duby come back? I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't think it's the best. It's value I think it's, I think it's as risky. Yeah. I think it's as risky as running with, with Koskinen Smith. Right. But Hey, again, if, if the Oilers are able to move Koskinen, Hey, Duby, you know, what the hell? Were his numbers not worse than Koskinen last year? Oh, oh yeah. His numbers were not. Um, can I, okay, let me throw in another free agent name. That's still out there. Go for it. How, how about the King Henrik Lundqvist? Oh, I'd love it. Bring him <laughs> Could in. Could you imagine? Oh, Nine, man. 905 save percentage last time he played, which was back in 1920 with uh, with the Rangers. I mean, uh, you know, maybe a little PTO action here. Uncle Ken likes his old goalies. He hey, would convince the king. That'd be cool. He would up the style game on this team. Like, man, if Duncan Keith's going to teach some boys some lessons on the back end, old Henrik would teach everybody how to dress to make – Dress for success, even though he's never. Can you imagine back in twenty in twenty twelve, if someone had been like, "Hey, you know, the Oilers could have Henrik Lundqvist for free, and he'll be playing on a team with Duncan Keith." Like, how excited would like the twenty twelve version of yourself be? I the tweeted, idea of that. I tweeted something similar after the Nugent Hopkins extension, where it's like, "I travel back in time to twenty eleven when Nuge got drafted, and we're like, hey, buddy, we're in twenty twenty one. You just signed an eight year extension. You're here for life, more or less.' Really, what else happened? Oilers traded for Duncan Keith." Wow, everybody must be excited. No, everybody fucking hated it. Really? <laughs> uh, well, oh boy. Good times. Well, goaltending. It's going to be a topic for the next 60 plus days here until we get going. And even then, it'll still, it still won't stop. But to Tyler's point, I could see, I, I could see Alex Daylog trying to steal somebody's job here. Yep. And As by somebody. By somebody, I'm talking about a very tall Finnish man. So and, we'll and you know what? He's going to be the freshest guy out there, right? Yeah. Like he hasn't, he hasn't faced a ton of NHL action. As you mentioned, Tyler, only like what 150 NHL games. Like that's not a lot of work for, for a guy who's 34 years old. Right. And he looked good too. Like he carried Minnesota in the playoffs that uh, what was it, two years ago. I think like he got him into the second round or something like that. Right. Yeah. So it's stranger things have happened. Right. Um, we shall see the other thing too like this is you guys mentioned it, but we're back to an 82 game season here mike yep. smith hasn't played 40 games in either of the last two seasons and he's a year older and i'm not saying his play is going to slip off but he was hurt last year there's a good chance the oilers actually need all three of koskin and smith and stalock that's also possible 
I hadn't thought about that until just now. So thank you for ruining my afternoon, but thank you. Well, yes. and, and to that point as well, uh, I think everybody kind of, we, we all right before the pandemic in December, we all kind of thought Mike Smith was hurt and playing through it because mm-hmm. he was absolutely horrendous in December, but he just seemed to not want to give up the net. And so I, I would say that Smith has been argued in both seasons. He's been here at our net. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a reality. I'd argue that if I ever have to give up watching the Edmonton Oilers, I'm going to become a full-time ping pong fan because I've been watching ping pong in the Olympics nonstop. And that shit is amazing. I was watching doubles the other night. Ridiculous. I know you really risky business on that. Hey, like there's odds out there for ping pong. I saw, saw, but I was just like, what what, what do you, I don't. Okay. Like the other day I was watching doubles. I'm like, how the fuck does this work? And they had to alternate shots. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is the best. But you know what else is the best? And as I've said for years now, Dan, our friends at DoorDash. Every week I tell you to order years. something from DoorDash. And I tell you, they are here for you. That's why if you go to download DoorDash on your phone and you use the promo code ONRADIODD, ONRADIODD is in DoorDash, you will get 25% off your first order and no delivery fee. Again, download DoorDash, ONRADIODD. I always tell you, now's the time. Let DoorDash be your DD. That's right. You don't want to, you can't cook anyway. If you're listening to this, chances are you can't cook. Let's be honest. Order yourself something to eat. And and your food can't drive. So DoorDash is the DD for your food to get to you. That's true. Without DoorDash, you may not eat tonight. Just think about that. All right, boys. Obviously we have to talk about the biggest thing that's happened around here in a minute. About an hour before we started recording today, it was announced that the Edmonton Oilers had signed Darnell Nurse to an eight-year contract extension with an annual value of $9.25 million. Oh, boy, the Brinks truck backed up to Daryl's house. Yeah, Daryl got paid. Good for him. Everybody compose themselves for a second, collect their thoughts. Oh, let's get into it. Darnell Nurse contract extension. So we still got one year left on this current deal. Then he kicks off this monster deal. Defenseman got paid this summer, boys. I'll tell you. I'll start off with you, Tyler. What do you think? Darnell Nurse contract extension. I'm, I like the move. Like, I don't love it, obviously. Anytime you're like clearly paying market value or slightly above market value for a player, you know, it's not a great deal for the Edmonton Oilers, but this is a deal that had to get done. It, finding top pairing defensemen is next to impossible. Really, the best way to get them and the only way you're going to get them nine times out of 10 is if you draft them and develop them yourself. And that's exactly what we've seen with Darnell Nurse. And I see a lot of people, you know, upset about the eight years saying he's not worth 9.25 because he's not a top five D-man in the NHL. And I get some of the hesitancy in this deal. But the bottom line is he is their best defenseman pretty clearly. And he handled top pairing minutes and excelled in top pairing minutes last season with the Edmonton Oilers. Don't play hardball with that guy. You don't want to lose that guy. You don't run the risk of him having another monster year and suddenly being worth $10 million next offseason or him walking like Adam Larson did. You get this deal done. I'm happy that the Oilers did it. And the other thing too, one, you're buying eight years of unrestricted free agent seasons, which that costs you a lot in today's NHL. And also it's not like Darnell Nurse is 29 years old and they're committing to him for eight years. And he just had a breakout season at 28 after being like a journeyman for a few years. He's actually kind of followed a pretty typical progression for a defenseman, for a young D-man, right? Like we all know it kind of takes you 
250 to 300 games or whatever it is to really figure out what a D-man is. And Nurse had that season at 26. So he's going to be paid now from his, you know, this will kick in in his like age 27 season until he's 35. That's a D-man's prime. Like I just, I think this is a really good deal to be signed. He's clearly a valued part of their core. There's just not a lot for me to dislike when it comes to this. What I'll say is if you're going to dislike this contract and you're an Oilers fan, we got to be pointing fingers elsewhere because that's what started it. You know what I mean? We're talking about Jones in Chicago, Dougie Hamilton, uh, Zach Wierenski. They all got banked. So if you were expecting Darnell Nurse to come in with like a $6 million cap hit or $7 million cap hit or something, it wasn't going to happen. And uh, I think it's a little bit much, but you know what? It's like Tyler said, what are you going to do? Well, and that, and that's just it, bag milk. It's the team. The team signed two bridge deals for a guy, and we gambled. And some might say we lost right now. There's there's others that say that we're in a good spot as it is. And I expect Darnell Nurse to continue to disappoint his haters because he continues to get better and better and play as a number one defenseman. And it, sure, it, if we had Kale McCarr on this team, Darnell Nurse isn't our one number one defenseman, but he is our number one defenseman. And, you know, you can say he's not Kale McCarr, but there's 30 number one defensemen in the league. There's 31 number one defensemen in the league. And Darnell Nurse is amongst those, that group because of the situation we have him in. We have him now in Edmonton Oilers, in Edmonton Oilers jersey for another nine years. So get used to it, be happy with it, and let's go Oilers and let's go Darnell Nurse. And there's another thing too, Dan. It's, it's let's not discount how close Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse are, right? I think that 100%. you kind of have to consider that a little bit because we everybody was talking about uh, when – what was it a couple of weeks ago, Zach, we were talking about maybe a four or five year extension for Darnell nurse, Mm -hmm. as opposed to this max term eight. So if you think about it that way, this is one of Connor McDavid's good buddies. And I know that doesn't necessarily mean everything, but that guy that's probably as close to Connor as anybody just signed a max term deal. That'll keep him at Edmonton for nine years. If you don't think that will at least on a human level, speak to the captain and also, um, you know, also Leon Dreisaitl. Same with Nuge's extension. Of course it will. These guys are still people. They're still humans. And I don't know how many times Connor wants to see his good buddies traded away from this hockey club. And again, I know you don't just maintain friendships and that's how you build a hockey team. I get all that. But if you think it doesn't matter, of course it does. Right? Well, yeah. I mean, what what were the Oilers supposed to do here? Like let them walk to free agency? Like, no, that's not going to happen. What are they going to do? Try and trade him for a package of picks and prospects. That's not going to happen. The Oilers are clearly in a win now mode. And Darnell Nurse is the Oilers number one defenseman. Like people are acting. They're so surprised by the fact that Darnell Nurse is getting paid. Like the, the big mistake the Oilers made was bridging Darnell Nurse twice. Yeah. Like they should have tried to lock him up earlier. You know, a year and a half ago, they signed him to that two-year extension. That should have been when should have been when the Oilers said, you know what? Okay, we'll pay you eight years. We'll pay you seven and a half million dollars, seven million dollars a year annually. Boom, you're locked in, right? Instead of like Dan mentioned, you know, gambling on you know, Darnell Nurse as a player, right? Like, I love the people online that are like, oh, well, the Oilers should be trading in for picks and packages if that's what the the ask is going to be. Well, we have to be realistic. That's not really how the NHL, let alone the Edmonton Oilers, operate here. They're in a win-now mode. He's the team's number one defenseman. And at the end of the day, you know, 
Ken Holland isn't signing contracts right now, worrying about what's going to happen six, seven, eight years down the road, right? Like Ken Holland's here right now trying to build a winner. You know, he's signing contracts like he knows that he's trying to build a winner right now. You know, he's worried. He's not worried about, you know, six, seven, eight years down the road. That's for the next general manager to worry about, right? You know, at the end of the day, as Frank Saravalli uh, noted, friend of us all on Daily Faceoff this week, the cap is going to be probably jumping 26, 27. You know, so what happens, you know, at that point in time when the cap is all of a sudden climbing rapidly, you know, Darnell Nurse's contract might look like a steal at that point in time. And that's what we have to hope for. We have to hope that Darnell Nurse continues to get better. Yes, we're probably going to see some regression in his shooting. He's not going to shoot at 10%, 12% again next year. It's just not going to happen. You know, so I don't know what the Oilers' other options were. There really wasn't any other option. And and you you got to lock up your guy long-term like this. And again, people acting like it's a gross overpay. Like, do I think it's a little bit of an overpay? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But also, like, when you go to that, to when this contract kicks in in 2022, 2023 there will be a grand total of 15 defensemen in the nhl who make eight or who have cap hits of eight million dollars or more so that'll be kind of in the neighborhood of darnell nurse let's say how many of them are 27 or younger it's thomas shabbat miro haskinen kale mccarr and then it's darnell nurse zach warensky like again this is what a good young defenseman kind of has to get on the open market and the Oilers are eating ufa years and i like the point you made about uh about the bridge deals too if the oilers wanted to get him done to a bargain deal you needed to sign him before this point right like they did with leon Drysaddle. i was one Clef of the people bomb. when yeah clef on when they signed dry it was like that's too much money it's two million too much what are they thinking okay well now he's on one of the best contracts in the nhl and that's what you get when you take the risk of not bridging a young player but when you bridge a guy you're also taking the risk that they go supernova explode become a number one d-man then you got to pay him like one yeah, I think the lesson, if anything, is if you believe in a guy, maybe Pulling extend up. him. Maybe well, extend him because, like, like you, you guys both said, back to back bridge deals, and then they started negotiation. First of all, when the market took off like crazy with, for defensemen. Secondly, he had his best year of his career. Like, if you're if you're negotiating from a position of strength, Darnell Nurse, he 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 had it, and he got the bag for it. Yeah, the Oilers literally had no leverage in this situation. They had none. Well, and if you look at the opposite of the situation is is Ryan Nugent Hopkins for me. There's a guy that we gave the contract. We, we loaded the bag up for him right away. And from, what, 21, 22, the guy was making $6 million a year on this team. And now, in his prime, he didn't need a massive overpay to keep him on the team. And, and so therefore, you know, we got a good deal out of him. So, so people need to stop comparing it to contracts that don't have the same parallels. They don't have the same, the same numbers to them. But I mean, as we know there, that will never stop and that will never change. And, you know, in a way it's kind of, you, you can look at it very cynically in a way too, by saying, well, you know, the fact that the Edmonton Oilers traded for Duncan Keith allowed Chicago to open up the cap to acquire and then sign Seth Jones which in turn led to the Oilers having to lock up Darnell Nurse long-term. So, you know, if you want to be really <laughs> cynical about the situation, you know, that's one way you can look at it, right? Like, you know, the Oilers are going to Oiler at the end of the day, right? Fucking Keith deal keeps biting us in the ass. All right. And there's also, if we're talking about the cap, which I think we should get into in a second here, uh, it's worth noting in the, they got two more years uh, with dead cap space from, Sexy Reg Sakara and Milan Lucic, and then 2.25 million comes off the books in 2023, 24. 
So I want to get into the cap situation because the Oilers, this was the summer of Ken and he spent a lot of money this summer because he had a lot of space to do it. And we'll get into that in a second, but boys, I need to tell you first about Cornerstone insurance. You know, you want to hear about it. Of course you do because you need insurance products to make sure that you're properly covered, whether you need auto residential commercial life insurance or just filing a claim. Our friends at Cornerstone have been doing it for 90 years and four generations. Cornerstone is here for you. They are a family and employee owned business here in Edmonton and they want to help. On the left-hand side of the screen, there's a button for citizens of the nation. Click that, get yourself a little discount. Maybe do a bundle, a bundle plus the citizens of the nation discount. All of a sudden, got a couple of extra shekels in your jeans. You're going over to DoorDash to get yourself something delicious. See how this works? Cornerstone Insurers. Hit them up, cornerstoneins.ca. Again, that's cornerstoneins.ca. Also, I want to tell you guys about a five-star review that came in this morning, it looks like, from NZ Oily Boys fan. So I would imagine that's in New Zealand. Shout out to you, sir. I give this six stars if I could. If you're a fan of the Oily Boys, then this podcast is for you. You just feel like the quiet one of the boys having beers and talking hockey. Top shelf product. So thank you very much. If you want to leave us a review, I encourage you to. I will read the bad ones. I told Rick he shouldn't be on the podcast last week. You said that, not me, but I told Rick. And now he's not. See, now he's gone. Good one, whoever sent that You're in. You're welcome. Him. You're welcome. Okay. Uh, uh, he'll be back next week, though. Uh, leave, us, leave us a review. Wherever you get your podcast from, Apple Podcasts is where I'm reading right now. Check it out. All right, let's talk about the Oilers cap situation. This Darnell Nurse deal, mm-hmm. essentially... He's got one more year left on his current bridge deal, and then the contract kicks in. So essentially what Ken Holland did, give or take a few hundred thousand, is he essentially just shuffled the money from Miko Koskinen over to Darnell Nurse. Yes? Yeah. More pretty, or less? Pretty much. When you look at the uh, next offseason, the Oilers are projected to have about $7.8 million in cap space. That, of course, is with Mike Smith still under contract. On the blue line, they'd have Nurse, Keith, Barry, CC and Bouchard under contract. So they'd have their six D men already locked up for next year. And then up front as well, you got McDavid, Drysaddle, Hyman, Nuge, Cassian, Fogel, Derek Ryan, and Devin Shore. So that's eight guys already locked up there. With that $7.8 million, you need to sign Pool Yarvi and then whatever the Yamamoto deal ends up looking like. So, I mean, really, if Pool Yarvi is another big year, he could push like three, four million bucks, I bet, sure. on his next deal. Yamamoto, let's put them around two. So let's split the difference and say it's five and a half million for those two guys. Look at me doing all this competent math. The Oilers next season might only have like $2.2 million in money to spend. Granted, Clefbaum on LTIR could open up another four. So that changes things. Um, But still like not a lot of room to make improvements going forward, but their roster is kind of set. So it's an interesting spot. Like the team we're looking at right now will in all likelihood be their team for the next two seasons. And And if you also look at it, sorry, Dan, cut you off. You also look at it too, in the sense of maybe if you need some space trading Cassian with only two years left on his deal at 3.2 is more palatable for somebody than trading for three. You know what I mean? Maybe he has a bounce back year this year, or at least close to a bounce back year. I don't know. Uh, Maybe that also trade Tyson Berry as well. Four and a half million, you know, you can free that up, right? He does have no trade protection in, in that deal. So like, I mean, it's not the most insane idea. So, I, would I mean, I think there are options to free up some cap space a little bit. Um, 
I don't know. They're going to be tight again, though. That's there's no question about it. But like Tyler said, the interesting part is the important pieces are already locked up for the most part. Again, we're talking Pooley RV. He could come in and be like, all right, now you got to pay the big man. And if he earns it, he earns it, you know. Um, but the bulk of the roster is essentially tied up. Don't forget, if Duncan Keith retires this offseason, we will get like $7 million. That's true. Space. That's true. So if he develops an allergy to his equipment, all that cap hit goes back to Chicago. I don't think it'll happen, but it could happen. We can't, we can't forget. We have to be the podcast that keeps that going. Yes, just in case. Puckpedia had the details on that. Go check them out on Twitter at Puckpedia. Or just ask questions. Heart's good with that stuff. Um, you know Another thing I want to ask you guys, because we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, um, is the Warren Fogel contract. Oh, Three yeah. years, 2.75 million bucks. Uh, he's coming in, going to be doing his first year in Edmonton. Though the interesting thing about that is he was already working out with, the, with a bunch of the boys anyway. So he knows them. He's going to be a comfortability factor there. What do you guys think of that, uh, that deal for Warren Fogel? Zach, I want to I actually throw this one over towards you. Like I saw an interesting comparison from someone on uh, on Twitter and I forget who it was, but they said Warren Fogle plays like a younger Zach Hyman. And like, it got me thinking like, could the Oilers have Zach Hyman and like the next Zach Hyman already waiting? Like how, how much do the numbers really like what Fogle does? Like, is this contract is 2.75? Could that be like a real bargain in the next two years? Absolutely. It could. Like, I, I think Warren Fogle has quietly been one of the stronger players, um, you know, on that Carolina team for the last couple of years. Um, they love their analytics out in Carolina. And there's a reason why Warren Fogle was a big part of that team. And, you know, the reason they traded him was because they, they couldn't come to an agreement on a contract. Um, I'm a huge fan of Warren Fogle. I I think he does everything right. And he's exactly what the Oilers are looking for from a middle six forward. Um, You know, he's a bigger body. He's got good point production at five on five. He can kill penalties. He's got wheels. He's really strong on the four check as well. So you know, I think there's a lot to like, and I think he's one of those guys, you know, that can grow into a larger role with this team. Don't be surprised if he knocks on the door for top six minutes this year. Like he, he is that kind of a player who, who can do that. Um, so I think it's a really good contract, actually. I, I, I'm a pretty big fan of it. You know, 25 years old right now. So you're, you're buying into, uh, you know, some UFA time there for him. But um, I think there's a lot of reasons to be a fan of this deal because it, it's, it's really a, a pretty cost-effective contract, all things considered. This has nothing to do with anything, but one of my favorite things that I've been doing all summer is tweeting ridiculous shit at Bob Stoffer anytime oh, he tweets stuff. And my phone is kind of going right now because I got some buddies that are just like, what is your deal with this right now? What are you doing? It's, like, it's, just, it's just funny to me. I don't know. Uh, back to Warren Fogle. If you're listening to this and you haven't really done a deep dive on Warren Fogle, I'll be writing about this tomorrow for Random Thoughts uh, for Oilers Nation for Saturday. I encourage you, you do a deep dive on Warren Fogle. Watch the highlights. This guy is a bull in a china shop sometimes, and it's, he's going to bring a flavor to the Oilers forward group that they haven't really had. And I, I agree with Ken Holland when he said, the Oilers right now are a rush team but they need to find ways to maintain the zone a little bit more once they're in there. And Fogel is a guy that's going to be able to help with that. And I also think like Zach said, he can slide up in the roster if, in the lineup if he needs to. I'm excited about to see what he does in his first year. He's got a good opportunity to play with uh, a team that's on the way up in my opinion, and maybe even play with one of the elite centers on this group too. Tyler, you're smiling. I, I, yeah, I do. I, I really like the deal. I, I think I like the addition of Fogo as well. Like it's starting to grow on me more. And I think a part of that too, is that in August when there's not a lot of shit happening and you're just sitting here thinking about this team all the time, like it's Kool-Aid, it's, we're getting a Kool-Aid season, right? 
it's the cycle of the Oilers offseason where you start to convince yourself that maybe Miko Koskinen will be better this year. And the little depth ads, you know, convince yourself Joachim Nygaard can work his way into the top nine. Like, that's just kind of where I'm at. But I do think, like, especially hearing Zach talk about it and kind of seeing how the numbers break down, like, it's easy to be excited about a guy like Fogel. Dan, what do you think about Warren Fogel? First of all, the McLovin GIFs are a gift for the next three years. Thank yeah, you for that. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Uh, for me, I, like, I, I actually just saw on Twitter while we were recording that Stoffer is saying he could see uh, Leon and Connor playing together for 30 or 40% of the, of the year. And I got the only, way the, I, list. the only way I see that kind of making sense is if, is if Fogel is in, in your top six yep. mix, um, you know, and, and whether he's playing up with them or it's Hyman, Dreisaitl and, and McDavid, and then you got Fogel, Nugent Hopkins and, and either Pugliarvi or Yamamoto, depending on, what mix you want there. Like, I mean, Pugliarvi and Fogel together would be big body, big body hockey with Nuge passing the puck around to those two guys. So there's, there's some exciting elements that, that a Warren Fogel brings to your forward group. And I think that that's kind of been the running theme for this entire offseason for the Oilers is versatility in that forward group to be able to make moves and change stuff around as needed. So if you were to go McDavid, Dreisaitl, Fogel, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, Pugliarvi, McLeod, Yamamoto, and like what, Flip, or maybe Benson on the left side there. Then your fourth line's Derek Ryan, Archibald, and Cassian. That's a pretty nasty sounding forward group. I, I got to say, I, I think this is the deepest on paper. This is the deepest forward group the Oilers have had since the 07 Cup run. I, I really do. Like you look at this group top to bottom, it is a really nice forward group. I, think. I, I go further than that, Zach, and I say since Messier has been here. And it's just simply because we have Connor and Leon on the team. There was yeah. just nobody in 06 that could match Connor and Leon. And while I agree with you, that team was deep, that you just can't match that top talent unless you yeah. had a Messier on this team. But it's it's 100% true in that – and it's not gambles. It's not hoping that Thomas Tatar will, will return to form. It's not hoping that Joachim Nygaard is going to be the guy that we find in Europe and, and has a great career. We have guys here with pedigree, with, with results – with the guys that they're going to be playing with now, that kind of thing. And we have Kyle Turris. And you always have Kyle Turris as an option. Uh? I think it's going to be interesting to um, the versatility, the line juggling that happens this year. I saw some people were really upset about Stoffer saying they could, see, he could see 30, 40% of Leon McDavid together. And people were really upset about it. But what I think is the interesting part is, let's say you put Connor and Leon together and Leon's playing on the left side. All right, maybe Pugliarvi's just parked on the right side where he was all year last year. And all of a sudden, Zach Hyman's the one digging pucks out and stuff for the second line with Nuge and Yamamoto. There's, there's options now that weren't necessarily there before. And that doesn't even account for uh, Warren Fogel being in the mix as well. So it's going to make for some interesting line combos and it's also it's only again it's only august 6th today as we're recording this and oilers fans are in fine form already because we have got some problems if you follow twitter best part is you just want to enjoy your summer maybe don't go on twitter maybe don't go on twitter if you mute everyone yeah or just like follow things like you know garden daily cat video yeah yeah who wouldn't want to watch some puppies have yeah. a second Twitter account. That's your off season account where you just like only follow like topics that aren't related to the Oilers and stuff. And if just schedule have, in a tweet once a day. 
Yeah. If you ha- are setting up a off-season account, Tyler, what is the number one thing on your off-season account? What are you following, I should say? The Toronto freaking Blue Jays, baby. Oh, there's That's no Jays Nation. Yeah, yeah, I don't do I don't do anything outside of sports. You know that. You know I'm a very one-dimensional human. Zach, what's the first thing going on your off-season Twitter account? Uh, gifts of cats. Mm-hmm. Your cat guy. Oh, Got a cat, cat at home. Guy. Dan, what about you? What's going on your off-season account? Well, I don't like to jump from too much happiness to other happiness, so I go with politics. <laughs> politics is my second account. Yeah, just if you want to keep things really negative, 365, you just load up on politics. It's great. The my mayoral current... election is really making me happy. Yeah, yeah. And you know what I like? My off-season account, nothing but reality dating shows. That's it. Oh, I saw that there's, a good pick. There's Have you a... caught up on Love is Blind? Well, I don't, you know what, Zach, I don't care about the reunion shows. Mm. Like, cause chances are like, I got told by a couple of friends, oh, there's love is blind reunions coming up. I was like, I don't really care about that. Cause frankly, I don't remember who any of them are except the one chick and the one dude. That's like the that, one that proposed ah, yes. to like two different people. Well, the one guy, and she kept saying, he's 10 years younger than me. He's 10 years younger than me. I don't uh, Good old Mark. Those are the only ones him. I remember. So I a reunion him, show means nothing to me, but what does mean something to me is that there's a new season of Love is Blind supposedly being loaded up to Netflix here shortly. Too Hot to Handle, fantastic. Great show. I saw they loaded a Brazilian version and they overdubbed it so you don't have to know Portuguese. Hilarious. And also uh, the furry dating one. What was that called? Sexy Beast. Great oh. stuff. Great stuff. And Tyler, you'll like this. New season of 90 Day Fiance, the other way. So my off season's full, boys. This is what I'm doing. No time for anything else. So, no time. So Bank Milk ha- does have a second account that he runs, and it is exclusively <laughs> dating shows. No, see, I think the funny thing is I just tweet about dating shows from my actual account, and people go, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" All the time. Stick to sports. It makes me happy. Uh, a couple of things. Patrick Russell. What we loved him. He signed no. in Sweden. No. Oh. All we on- wanted was one goal, Patrick. <laughs> And don't you remember he had that one goal goal and got called off? Like just the worst. And didn't he score in the like summer return game against the Calgary Flames? Yeah, I think so. Something like that. that. It was either against the Flames or Chicago. I got to pull it up now because I got to see it. Yeah, so it was something like that. But uh, to it was actually if you find his post on Instagram and I'll link it in the article on Oilers Nation. Uh, he wrote a really nice goodbye to the Edmonton Oilers and the Bakersfield Condors, just thanking them for everything for the last five years. It was nice to read. It was uh, no hard feelings from Patrick Russell. I wish him the best over in Sweden. Uh, is he signing Ling Coping? Ling Coping? Hmm. Uh, we're going to have to get somebody to check in on Tyler Swedish there. Before we get to hot and cold performers there, though, I need to bring up the Nathan McKinnon thing that came up this week. Because as it turns out, Nathan McKinnon is a big diet guy. And he doesn't like when his teammates are eating bullshit during the season. And Tyler, who was it that did an interview over in Russia or something? Wasn't it Zadarov? I've got some of the quotes and things that, like, apparently he pays 50 grand a year for a dietologist. I didn't even know that was a thing. I knew it. I I assumed it was, you know. He's got a doctor, physiotherapist in-house during the season that pays him $1,000 a day. Uh, He has his own chef that he pays 100 grand a year. So Nathan McKinnon eating well over there. 
What do you guys think about that? Like when guy is so into the job, so into what he puts in his body, so into the fitness aspect of it, that it kind of pushes his teammates in either to get on board or get the fuck out. I kind of, I kind of like it to be honest. Yeah. Look, you're, you're getting paid millions of millions of millions of dollars to be at the top of your game as a professional athlete. If you are not doing what Nathan McKinnon is doing and trying to maximize every single aspect of your life to become the best hockey player, the best athlete you can be, as far as I'm concerned, you're doing it wrong. You've got enough money and enough resources to, to invest in yourself that way. And Hey, there's a reason why Nathan McKinnon is one of the best players in the entire damn league. And it's because of stuff like that. I, I, for me, like, when you're there at the rink, like that's your job. And like Zach said, you are paid very, very well to go do that job. And I think for a leader like McKinnon to hold his teammates accountable and say like, listen, you guys aren't going to eat like shit. You're not going to do all this nonsense and fill yourself up with crap when you're at work. I think that's like a totally reasonable thing. Like the memes that have come out of it are absolutely hilarious. fucking hilarious. The like best. they're so good. The one where it's like Alex Burakovsky offers him ice cream and it's like the InfoWars guy <laughs> swearing the whole time was the funniest thing I saw on the internet all week. But like all jokes aside, I think it's good. Like have a leader who holds everyone accountable like that. I don't, you're at work. If you want to eat it when you go home, eat it when you go home, but don't be sitting in your stall eating like a fucking chocolate bar. He yeah, talks like this- about that specifically, Tyler. The quote was from this, this interview, guys, if you want to eat that crap, you have the off season for that. When you come here, there will be none of that because we're winning the cup. Also in the interview, he said, McKinnon made pros out of our entire team in Colorado. That's one of the reasons that Colorado got such an improvement in performance over the last couple of years. So he's dedicated. He wants mm-hmm. it. And personally, I like it. I don't know. Hey, look, this isn't the seventies anymore when you're walking into the dressing room, lighting up a cigarette and cracking open a cold one right after the game, you know, like the, the games evolved so much over the last, you know, 30 years, hell, even in the last 10 years, um, you know, this, this kind of stuff is standard. And, and I think it's hilarious that people are so shocked and surprised that this is what professional athletes are doing these days. It's like, well, it's, it's like we all watched the MJ documentary and we thought that he's the only one that dedicated to winning, you know? He's the only athlete that likes to be a hard ass to his teammates. Sorry, Dan, I cut you off. That's okay. Uh, that's what I was going to say is that we, you know, we always talk about, you always talk about the debate of who's better. Is it Wayne Gretzky? Is it Sidney Crosby? Is it Connor McDavid? The one edge that the Connor McDavid's, the Sidney Crosby's of the world had is, is our biology science has caught up to to the rest of the sciences when it comes to being an athlete. And so these guys, these guys are absolutely finely tuned machines when it comes down to it. And, you know, we've seen it with our own team. When you're not the perfect finesse all the time, you're going to get trouble for it. And so, you know, whether that's fair or not, but this has been the reputation for Nathan McKinnon since the dawn of time. I lived in Halifax. I don't know if you guys knew that. Um, but I lived in Halifax around the check time. the records on that. Yes. When, uh, when Nathan McKinnon and Jonathan Duran were lighting it up for the Halifax Mooseheads. And I heard rumors back then of McKinnon showing up to the rink at 6 a.m. every day and was pissed off at a guy like Jonathan Duran who wouldn't put in the same amount of work that he did. And, you know, you look at those two guys' careers now and they could not have be more different uh, even just with the results to this point. Um, I know Duran has now seen... Um, seen a deeper playoff run than Nathan McKinnon, but it wasn't really necessarily his effort that did that. Um, you know, and it, so it is, you're, you're right, Zach. It is, it is a really interesting kind of peek behind the curtain for a guy like Nathan McKinnon, who is 
the second best player in the league, I think everybody would say. And obviously he's earned that spot and he, and he has really worked to get to that spot. So what you're saying is that in Halifax, Jonathan wasn't drew and the work. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's, Gene, that's easy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. There we that's go. Nice. Uh, another thing I want to talk about just from around the league, this one actually surprises me. I'm kind of shocked that we're still talking about it here at the beginning of August is that Jack Eichel is still a Buffalo Saber, whether he wants to do it or not. <laughs> Tyler, you, wrote, isn't. you wrote about it in the rumors blog that you do every week at OilersNation.com. What's going on with Jack Eichel? How, are you as shocked as I am that he's still a Saber? Yeah, I'm stunned. Like, how do you not get this deal done in the first few days of the offseason? You have the most prized piece on the trade market and you cannot, like one of the most prized trade pieces in the last decade of the NHL ever in the NHL, you could argue like this is a legit top line franchise center who is like under the age of 25, who wants out and you can't find a move for this guy. Um, I asked Frank about it on buy or sell in the most recent episode of the DFO rundown. And he said, he thinks Eichel will still be a saber into September. And Frank said the next pressure point will come when Eichel has to walk back into that locker room and will Eichel report for camp. They're not letting him have the surgery he wants. It's past the point now where I, I think if he got it, he would miss the beginning of the season yet. Like it's just been such a shit show and the price is probably only going down right now. So I'm stunned that the Sabres did not take the best offer they could before the NHL entry draft. Cause it probably would have included a top 15 pick and a pretty good prospect. And now they're sitting here with like a deteriorating asset, which is insane to say that Jack freaking Eichel is a deteriorating asset. Yeah, it's weird weird well you know and it's it's gambling with a player's health at this point is it not like like yeah. and, and a person like not letting him make choices for himself which if you don't so a, if you're listening to this and you don't know tyler what what's going on with the surgery jack eichel wants one thing and the sabers want another yes yeah so the sabers doctors won't sign off on an on a surgery that eichel wants to have to fix i think it's discs in his neck and the surgery is like pretty new. It's not like a common thing. I don't think a hockey player has ever really had it done, which is why the Sabres doctors won't sign off on it. Eichel says he won't play until he gets the surgery. But in the CBA, it says that teams do team doctors have the final say over whatever a player does, right? So in my opinion as well, like if I'm the Sabres and I'm sitting here and Eichel goes, I am not playing till I get this surgery. And the Sabres go, we don't want you to get the surgery. Okay, well, Eichel doesn't want to play for you anyways. And other teams clearly won't acquire him until he's healthy. So just let him get the damn surgery. He'll be back to 100%. And then you can trade him for a good return right now. Like trading away a potentially injured or with question marks surrounding his health, trading away that version of Jack Eichel is not going to get you what you need to get in this trade. Not that you're probably going to get any sort of reasonable value anyways now. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. I think it's an absolute disaster. I don't know why Buffalo didn't get the, didn't pull the trigger. Like you, you have to imagine that there was a reasonable enough deal at some point from one of these teams. Like you look at LA, you look at the Rangers and like two of the teams, Anaheim, even, you know, they pulled, they pulled out of it because they're like, oh, we can't, we can't wait around on this anymore. They have some really, really, really good prospects in their system. Like just, just take the best damn package you get and close the, close the book on the era, you know, and last week, well, I think it was last week, two weeks ago. I, I can't remember. Time is a weird to me these days, but 
Eichel's agents even came out and were like, what the hell's going on yeah. here? Like we've repeatedly asked for <laughs> trades. It's not, it's not happening. Like I, I, it's just such a bad scenario. And yeah, like you, you mentioned like what happens if all of a sudden he, you know, September rolls around and he's still a part of that organization. Like I, if I'm Michael, I would never step foot back in that locker room ever again. And like, if you're the Sabres, do you want him back in the dressing room? Just pissed off all the time? Probably not. Well, like, okay, let's say Eichel goes, you know what? I'm reporting and I'm playing. Is he still wearing the C for them? Like, yeah, how can you question. let that guy be your captain even? Yeah, it's just question. such a remarkable shit show out of Buffalo. Yeah. And you know what else is? It's not on the same level. But like fucking Vlad Tarasenko is never playing for St. Louis again and they can't trade him. That, yeah. that one too is just as weird to me. Like I had that one is just as confusing because they exposed him. Then they reportedly had some decent offers for him and then they didn't trade him. Like what the hell's going on there? And it's not like the, the shoulder is a real concern because Frank's been reporting that like that Tarasenko's got a clean bill of health here. So it, it just doesn't make sense. Some of the weirdest stuff I've ever seen in the NHL. Around the horn real quick. Let's take some guesses. Where's Jack Eichel end up? And you can say Buffalo if you want for the start of the 2021, 22 season, Zach, you're filling in on this week's podcast. Where is Jack Eichel going? I still think he's destined for New York. I still think at some point the Rangers probably make the most sense. Um, I think LA makes sense too, but I, I think I'm going to stick with Rangers. There's been just too much smoke around them. Dan, your guest next. Where's Eichel going? I think he's staying in Buffalo to start the season, and then I think that oh, we will please. likely see a surgery at some point during the season. Please let that happen. Tyler, where do you think he's going? I'm going to agree with Zach. New York Rangers, still number one on my list. I think they got the pieces to get it done. I'm going to throw a bit of cold water on the LA Kings. They still have Kopitar for three more years. They just went and signed Philippe Deneau. And then they have the young guys, Turcotte and Byfield coming up. Not that, you know, you wouldn't love to add Eichel to any team, but I just think they might be happy enough with their current situation. The number two team on my list, though, is going to be the Anaheim Ducks. $19 million in current cap space. Um, down the middle, they are not particularly strong anymore. Yes, they have some future pieces coming up, but if you gave me the choice between, you know, 20 year old Trevor Zegras or like 24 year old Jack Eichel, who's proven he can be top five in league scoring, I'm taking Jack Eichel still. So I, I think they have the future pieces, the cap space, and they have Bob Murray has literally just sat on his hands all off season. Like I'm looking at this roster, the only thing they did, did they even make a move? I can't even find like a move that the Anna gets laugh, I guess. That's it. Like they don't have a new forward, a but they don't have a new forward. Like they literally have done nothing this off season. I think Bob Murray might be in the best position to make a splash. I'm going to go off the, off the board here from what you guys said. And I don't actually think it's going to happen, but I also think it's going to happen because they always seem to make this bullshit work. I could see him ending up in Vegas because yep. they somehow do this and I don't know how they'll do it. And I don't know how they'll clear the cap space or what's going to happen, but I could see him going to Vegas and all of us going, how? Why? <laughs> what? The oh, people would be being mad. The only reason I think that might not happen now is because they, for some reason, went out and inquired Evgeny Dadanov. Like, and he has a modified no trade, so they can't even put him back in a deal to Buffalo. Like, they just went and got like an average sort of top nine winger who's making five and a half million dollars. So I don't know if they have money anymore to go get Eichel. Oh man, ping pong boys is where it's at. <laughs> ping pong. 
Speaking of random obscure sports, I, I saw something pop up on my Twitter feed as we were sitting here. Uh, shout out to Angus the Corgi from Auburn, Washington, hmm. who is the 2021 Corgi Race Champion of the World. Nice. And our boy nice. Angus has gone back to back. So shout out Angus. Shout out to the Corgis of the world, the no, thick boys and girls. One other thing I want to make a note about with Eichel, there's there's been mention of Calgary being one of those teams, yep. and I would be fascinated to see that happen solely for the fact that we would get to see Connor McDavid and Jack Eichel going head to head seven, eight I'd... times a year for infinity. It would be absolutely amazing. So it would be hard to me that hopes Calgary lands Eichel because they would have to give up all of their prospects. Yes. And it's not I'm like they have this. very many in the first place either. Right. Like, I don't know if they actually can make the move in the first place, but I want to see it solely for the fireworks of Eichel versus McDavid. You want to see you want to see a team Buffalo 2.0. That's Calgary if they make that transaction because they're sending away their prospects, which they don't have a lot of. They don't have a defense still, and and all of a sudden they're going to go out and make a transaction for a fifteen million dollar player. And they're probably going to be sending Matthew Kachuk back the other way. Like, thank mm. you, please. I, I would have to think that that's the deal that they would have to make. You don't. I was uh, texting Flames Nation editor Ryan Pike yesterday, and I asked him about it. I was like, what do you think? I think Eichel ends up in Calgary. He says, doubt it. Don't think there's any chance, to be honest. But no. I, too, would like to see it. I, too, would like to see it. I'd would like there be a it. more unlikable duo than Matt Kachuk and Jack Eichel on one team, though? Or Johnny Gaudreau and Jack Eichel? Yeah, they have the exact same hairstyle too. They, they do. both have this short, curly hair. So who knows? We'll see. Jack Eichel, I gotta tell you, August sixth, twenty twenty one. I didn't think we'd still be talking about it, but there he is, still on the board. Maybe we'll have to get Frank Saravalli back on this podcast here at some point and ask Frank what's going on over there. Frank knows. Frank always knows. All right, Tyler, time to get your buttons ready. Oh, you don't have any? I'm doing the buttons again. Okay, great. It is time for the Deuce Vodka Hot and Cold Performers of the Week. You go to deucevodka.com. First up, there he is, Brett Kissel, holding the bottle of Deuce Vodka. Born in a small town, made for the big time. Click on the Find In-Store Locator. You can find all the retailers across Alberta that carry it. Grab yourself a bottle, have yourself a Caesar Sunday, and enjoy responsibly, provided that you are of legal drinking age. Mm -hmm. As we do every week, we start off with our veggies. It is time for the Deuce Vodka Cold Performers of the Week. Looking at my screen, who's first? Tyler Yremchuk, you're up first. Your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Going to give it to a couple people here, but it's all the uh, hip-hop artists who are sitting on their damn albums. Kanye West is doing a million listening parties, but he won't drop Donda. Drake, has been, Drake has been teasing Certified Lover Boy for like 18 months. I want these albums. I need new music in my life. My Cold Performer of the Week goes to Drake and Kanye West for sitting on their new albums and not letting us listen to them. Oh, that's cold. Good Next work. up on the screen, Mr. Nation Dan, your Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. Um, I don't, I'm trying to phrase it so that they are a cold performer, but I love that they're doing this. It's the Calgary Flames fans that continue to keep the dream alive that they are going to be able to compete in this division. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> you guys are, you guys are cold. You have no reason to believe that, but I love it. And don't stop it because that confidence will feed us for the entire cold, cold winter that we're going to have here in Edmonton. And uh, so, yeah, Calgary Flames fans, you're my cold performer, hot performer of the week. Dun, 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 dun. Ice, ice, baby. Zach, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, cold form of the week. 
Uh, my cold performer of the week is this smoke that is still lingering and is now infested my home, bothering the hell out of my eyes and my lungs. I need to go get an inhaler and some Visine drops. Burr, burr. Uh, Dan, you're up next with my button. My Deus Vodka cold performer of the week is my personal internet. Today yes. seems to be working fine. If you listen to the Real Life Podcast on Tuesday, I was reading a review and I just cut out. And that was it. I don't even know if you guys got to hear the end of the review. No idea. Yesterday, we were supposed to do a welcome edition of the podcast. Was I able to? No. Why? Internet. So my internet, you are my Deuce Vodka Cold Performer of the Week. We have been hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray, run amok, and flat out deceived. <laughs> that was really good. That is amazing. Excellent. Uh, Excellent, Dan. All right. Then, Dan, you're back on the clock because I'm stealing the first hot performer of the week. My Deuce Vodka hot performer of the week before any of you motherfuckers take it. The Canadian women's soccer team. I don't know if you woke up this morning and were stressed out to the max like I was way too early. Bringing home the gold. Bringing home the gold. We talked about it a little bit earlier with Steph LeBay, but man, that was a fun game to watch. It was stressful. It was excellent. They want to change the color from bronze. They did that. A gold medal to the, the ladies' soccer team. Winning gold this morning against Sweden. You are my hot performers of the week. Oh, hot, 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 hot. <laughs> Zach, you're next up. Deuce Vodka, hot performer of the week. Um, I'm going to single out Christine Sinclair um, for my hot performer of the week. It's, it's incredible to see her journey, to see her finally get the gold. I, I was so excited uh, to see her reactions afterwards. I don't think there's anybody in the world who is more deserving of something like that than Christine Sinclair. So that's, that's my hot performer of the week. Oh, that's hot. That's so <laughs> hot. Hot. All right, my hot performer of the week is going to go to our newest teammate over at Oilers Nation, Caroline Shved. We had her on Real Life earlier this week. It was awesome. She's passionate. She's fired up to be part of the team. She loves her hockey as well. I think everyone who takes in the content that we produce at Oilers Nation is going to love having her around as well. Really fun chat. She's going to get used to the traffic lights and the fact that apparently our bunnies are much larger than they are in Toronto. Mm. Uh, but Caroline gets my hot performer of the week. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. There you go. Dan, you're next up. Deuce Vaga, hot performer of the week. Uh, well, this one's going to go out to a local radio host uh, who, yes. if you missed it, yes. uh, in 2017, I think, created a petition that uh, to have a civilian pavilion the renamed, Nathan Fillion civilian pavilion renamed for local legend Nathan Fillion the Nathan Fillion civilian pavilion well I'm happy to announce that just this morning the city of Edmonton has officially renamed the civilian pavilion at city hall the <laughs> Nathan Fillion civilian pavilion and so a shout out to Lauren Hunter of Sonic 102.9 here in Edmonton uh, award-winning radio host and now the proud owner of the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion in downtown Edmonton. The idea is one in a million. Good job, Lauren. You're my hot performer of the week. It's getting hot in her. But I want to talk about uh, Lauren for a second too, because this bit, she's been running this bit for a long time now. And she was passionate about it. She talked about it in a way it's, it's bigger because just this past week, if you haven't seen it, the cast from Suicide Squad jumped yeah. in 
to talk about why we should rename that that building the Nathan Fillion Civilian Pavilion. And it's just like when I was watching it, and there's Idris Alba and Margot Robbie, and they're all talking about it, and you're just like, John Holy Cena shit. was allegedly there. Just were yeah, I didn't see him in the video, but I heard he was there. Uh, just to see that she just put in the work on this bit and made it turn into what it was is just pretty incredible. It kind of reminded me of, in a way, the keep nudes for everything where you just start something and you talk about it and you talk about it. And then it just kind of takes on a life of its own. And I think Lauren probably has a little bit of that too, with this Nathan Fillion civilian pavilion, because that's just so funny. It's one of the most amazing things ever. So shout out to Lauren Hunter. I'm glad Dan brought that up because it made me laugh, like laugh out loud when I saw the video, really, really good stuff. Um, Just before we wrap, I want to say if you've got kids and you follow the nation Oilers nation on social media, I'm going to have a little treat for you next week because I ordered three copies of all three of Zach Hyman's books. And we're going to start the giveaways next week, but you got to be on Twitter. We're going to be doing a retweet and follow contest for the first round. If you're already following great, but we're going to do a retweet and follow contest early in the week. It's probably going to run it along, but we'll have some books to give away. And I was flipping through them. The illustrations are fun. They're well-written. They're fun kids books. So if you've got kids and you want a chance to win these Zach Hyman books, I've got all three of them for you. And we're going to have three chances for you to win them. So pay attention to our social media for that. I might even include one in a little Photoshop contest. It's been a minute since I've done a Photoshop contest. So I'm excited about that. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. I just can't think of a theme that will lead the Photoshoppers down a dark well of, of summer of rage, angriness, you know? I'll figure it out. But again, stay tuned for some giveaways. I've got some cool shit to give away. It's going to be fun. Like what? I said, if you've got kids, you're going to want to read them. What would Cap Hell look like? Photoshop idea. <laughs> that's a good Ooh, one, actually. That's, that could be, right, hang on, Dan. I'm writing that down. What would Cap Hell look like? I'm writing this down. I like that idea. It's going to get just a screenshot of the Edmonton Oilers Puckpedia page. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, here you go. It's like, all right. Well, stay tuned for that. We've got giveaways coming. Oilers Nation Open golf tournament sold out. So thank you to everybody who wanted to play in that this year. It's going to be a good time. I imagine all of us are out there. Tyler's golfing. Three oh, of yeah. us will probably be doing some cruising, hanging I'm out. I'm going to be doing some drinking. Drinking, cruising, hanging out, meeting people, talking to people, shaking babies, kissing foreheads. I don't think that's how that goes. But we'll do it all at the Oilers Nation Open. That's coming up later this month. And lastly, just another reminder, please, please leave us a review. I'll read them. Again, you guys told me you wanted Rick off the podcast. No Rick this week. What else do you want? Huh? Snap your fingers and I deliver. That's what happens around here. And I also want to end off by saying thank you to Sherwood Ford, DoorDash, Cornerstone Insurance and Deuce Vodka for making this all happen. And most importantly, for you, the listener, for welcoming us into your ear holes and letting us massage your brain feelings. This is it. Weathers Nation Radio, episode 152 is done. Darnell Nurse, got the bag. Have a good weekend, everybody. Shout out Nathan Fillion, Civilian Pavilion. Thanks for listening to Oilers Nation Radio, delivered by DoorDash. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button and give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.